0: So the reading this morning is from Psalm 27, which can be found on page 557 of the Red Bibles. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. The one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in this day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, I th- hello. I think we've all been at churches where the preaching plan has been set, and irrespective of what's going on in the world, uh, the preacher has just preached through uh, the the preaching plan, and um, I felt as though. Uh, What we were talking about in joshua just uh, needed to be paused and take a moment to think about prayer and think about uh, how do we pray in uncertain times Uh, don't worry peter is still going to be preaching in two weeks time uh, so you'll still get to hear all the work that peter has put into that but i thought this morning i wanted to encourage us around our prayer and uh, on friday uh, Friday I went to a twenty four seven prayer conference uh, fitting in it around Synod. and at that conference there's an expectation that God is doing a new thing in the world. And we w- looked at a, a reference in in Haggai where their period of rebuilding the temple, It says that the the house of the lord will be better than the previous house of the lord the sense that when we pray for what god is doing rather than looking to the past and looking to relive the past we become attuned with what god is doing even if we don't fully understand it yet and we can think about praying in times like this and it's a challenging time It's an uncertain time to be praying and we can trust that God is going to do something in the future but we just don't know what it is and that's uncertain because even if we're trusting in good things in the future, we still don't quite know what they look like. So, I don't want to depress you and I don't want to over-inflate it but... But last week I preached a bit naively because I didn't watch the news in the morning. I didn't know what was going on with Hamas and Israel last week, but I do this week. And and this week we, we, we know of people whose businesses are in trouble, who, who have lost relatives, whose jobs are on the line. We, we know the, the conflicting world, even in Australia, where last night as i watched the news there are aboriginal people who are absolutely devastated and feel alienated in this country and other aboriginal people rejoicing at the outcome we we live in an uncertain time so how do we pray in these uncertain times but also things could be going really well for you that there are people who have new jobs and new opportunities There are people who've just been engaged and are looking at starting their life together. There were were more than 250 students in our hall having a social night on Monday night, and we got to serve them coffee, and it was a great joy and delight to do that. And there are some things that are going well. And I think the problem is when we turn to society, we live in a, a polar opposite society. You're either for me or you're against me. When we come into the Christian community, someone's world is falling apart and someone's world is at the best it can ever be at the same time, and we rejoice and delight and we sit with those who are wondering how to pray in uncertain times. So this morning I'm actually going to do three little segments. We've got three readings. I'll do some unpacking for each one of those three. Lisa's going to lead us in three little prayer activities. And so it's kind of like a a triplet of things rather than one big long teaching. So what do we learn from Psalm 27? And I encourage you to read it during the week because basically the psalmist is in a period where they're being oppressed by their enemies. It seems that the enemy is out to get them and it almost seems like the enemy is victorious. So how do we pray in a time where we feel like the enemy is against us whatever that is that could be a person who opposes you it could be a situation that seems difficult it could be an overwhelming angst whatever it is the psalmist reminds us to focus on the presence of god now you think I'm biased because I keep talking about the presence of God, because that's our mission. But here, in verse four, it's it's a it's it's a different understanding of presence of God, but it means the same thing. It says, "One thing I ask of the Lord, this only I seek, that I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life." I mean, Moses says, "I'm not going to go anywhere, Lord, unless I've got Your presence." Joshua says. Uh, Lord, we're going to go in, but you have to go before us. And and the psalmist here says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. When we don't know how to pray in uncertain times or whether things are going well and someone else, something's going badly, we focus on the presence of God. When we can't see a solution to our circumstances or we, we feel overwhelmed by something that's happening in the world, we focus in on the presence of God. Because there's no greater blessing than to have the presence of God. Or in the way the psalmist is phrasing here, there's no greater blessing than to dwell in the house of the Lord. And I think that's what's available to us. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, I'm not an Aboriginal person, I have no clue about what's going on in the holy land but i can pray that the presence of god would be felt by people in circumstances that i don't understand and then when we go to the end of that psalm in verse 13 it it actually turns to a sense of confidence So we're seeking to be in the presence of god in uncertain times but there's also a confidence now remember we 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 probably would interpret this now that we have confidence in jesus but the psalmist is saying there's two things that they can do first is they can remain confident that they will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living not wait till eternal life before i see anything good now in the land of the living in our world we will see the goodness of the lord so let's look for the goodness of the lord as we seek the presence of god and we'll get into the lord's prayer in our second section but in the lord's prayer it says let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven so we can have confidence irrespective of the uncertain times that we will see the goodness of the lord but i know some of you you're kind of saying yeah mark but that that seems like a long way away i'm not seeing the goodness of the lord in my life at the moment so what do you do we go to the next slide verse 14 we just wait on the lord we seek the presence of god have confidence that one day we will see the goodness of the lord and until then we wait we be strong we take heart and we wait for the lord I'm going to encourage us now to wait on the Lord. I'm going to have two minutes of silence and just going to invite you to wait on the Lord. Whatever your circumstances are, whether it's good or challenging, whatever you're praying through at this time, I'm going to ask you to wait on the Lord.
0: So Alex will come and read the second of our Bible reading from Matthew 6 and 5 to 14. And that reading can be found on page 970 of the Red Bibles. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We were, we had a great opportunity yesterday to open our church and have uh, people come and, and have an opportunity to light a candle. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they live in... Uh, a particular area where there's a high jewish community and um, they said that they felt as though they couldn't open their church for the case it was uh, seen as controversial or whether it would even be open for attack there's a sense that we can sometimes uh, feel safe in our area but we acknowledge that there are people who live in challenging areas This week as I was uh, thinking and preparing for this morning, I just had this image in my mind of someone sort of quite boldly standing on a street corner and praying, looking for accolades. How good am I? Look, I pray. Look, how good am I? I follow God. How good am I? Look, I'm a better Christian than everybody else. There's a sense of that image for me was of a person who is proud in what they are doing to serve the lord and how do we pray when we're in uncertain times we actually focus on who god is and and we focus on praying in such a way where we're praying that the will of god would be done rather than seeking accolades for ourselves. so in a way I, I, I don't really care about the reputation of St Colum's by opening the church yesterday to light a candle. It was just about serving the community. But how does a community know that they can come in and light a candle for peace is that we have to advertise it. But I think it's important in this time to, to be focused on the right thing, Yes, we've, we advertise things in order that people would come in. We talk to people about what we're doing in order that they can participate. But it's not, look how good we are, but it's, look how good our God is. And if we want to focus on the presence of God, as I, as I shared when we look at the stained glass behind me, when we focus on the fact that Jesus is sitting on the throne... Anything we're praying for, we can pray to a God who sits above all of our circumstances, all of the circumstances that we're praying for. And therefore, we pray to be in alignment with the will of God. We pray that we too wouldn't be bold or uh, self-acknowledging like the Pharisees Jesus is critiquing in this story, but that we would seek to align with the will of God. And so I encourage you to pray in the will of God. And when we look at the the particular prayer that Jesus, after giving them this warning, he, he encourages them not to stand on the street corner, but he's probably also saying don't stand up uh, and and try to seek public acclamation in the temple or the synagogue but he says when you pray go to your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen now jesus is not saying we can't come together corporately for prayer we can come together corporately for prayer in fact we we should come together corporately for prayer but i think the posture that jesus is saying here is about focusing in on the presence of God and the will of God rather than look how good I am. And maybe going to your room and praying is a habit that you need to develop and I'll get on to that a little bit later in the, the service. But then jesus teaches them a prayer after he's told them don't be like the pharisees and go to your room and pray which is a bit like daniel which again i'll get on to in our third session the section but then he turns and he teaches them this prayer and notice the prayer begins with god the father he says our father in heaven The direction of our communication is to God. As we seek the presence of God, as we seek the will of God, we direct our prayers to God who sits above all things, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we pray to the victorious Jesus who has risen from the grave and therefore conquers all things. And then he says, pray this simple idea that's really hard to do. We pray that your kingdom would come that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven i think that's hard because i i sometimes want my will to be done and and this prayer is saying that i have to align myself with god's will but i also want you to take confidence in this because as i was preparing for this week and i've prayed this prayer thousands of times but I hope you see it, this is saying that there is a place where God's will is being done. We here on earth live in the now and not yet, we see the will of God breaking in, we see the kingdom of God breaking into our world but it's not fully realised but there is a place where the will of God is done and is perfect and that's in the heavens, that's in eternal life. And we can wait for that day, but we can also know that God is renewing all things here and bringing his perfect will into being in our world. And we can pray for that. We can look for that. We can usher that in as we seek to do that. So we pray, and perhaps we pray for God's will to be done for somebody that we know. We can't solve all the world's problems. But we can pray for that in someone's life, and that's what we do on Monday morning on Zoom. We 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 pray through the list of prayers in our church, and sometimes there's only four of us there, and we we just it's not about the numbers. We just pray through the, the list of the church, and then on Saturday morning we we again we pray we gather in the chapel and we we pray through the list of the prayers for the church. We're praying that God's will would be done. And that God's will would make a way when we don't see a way. But hold on to the fact that there is a place where the will of God is being done. And so we long for that day where there will be no more crying, there will be no more heartache, there will be no more pain, there will be no more suffering. And maybe for some of us we have to wait till eternal life for that but that will be our reward in eternity. And so my encouragement is if you don't know how to pray in these times, then I think begin with this prayer that Jesus taught. Uh, If you have a Bible, turn open to uh, Daniel chapter 6 and uh, as you're turning there, I'll just set the, the frame for you. Um, Daniel is in exile, he doesn't live in a Jewish area, Uh, so he is in exile and because of his faith in Yahweh, his belief in God, he is excellent at his job. There's a great sermon in that, but I won't preach it now. What happens is that his uh, fellow uh, leaders... Are annoyed because he is so good at his job and they want to oust him because he is making them look bad now you might know this as the famous passage of Daniel's in the lion's den but there's an important lesson about prayer and I want to read this section so they've conspired to go to the king and and set a decree that it's illegal to pray to anyone except for the king and we pick it up in uh, verse 6 so the administrators and the satraps went to the group went as a group to the king and said O king Darius live forever the royal administrators prefects satraps advisors and governors had all agreed that the king should issue an edict And enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it into writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree into writing. Now, when Daniel learned of this decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you wanted to go to a gym, would you listen to somebody who went to the gym once every six weeks and ask them about fitness? Or would you find somebody who maybe goes to the gym on a regular basis and ask them about fitness? If you're selecting someone for an AFL football team or any other professional sport team, and they wanted to play every six weeks, would you ask them about that? Or would you want to find somebody who's out on the track practicing every day, kicking the football, running the laps, doing their weights in the gym? You see, in in the sporting world it's so easy for us to see that somebody who does the daily grind is somebody that we can learn from. Friday at this 24-7 prayer conference and and look I think that the 24-7 idea is is a great idea practically how would we run a prayer room 24-7 it just seems too hard to do but at the conference someone said when did it become normal that a Christian was somebody who went to church once a month why, why do we say that somebody is a regular attendee when, when they go to church once every four or six weeks? If we're looking to see how do we follow Jesus, we should be looking at people who follow Jesus daily. And, and in the Gospels, when Jesus is saying to somebody, he says, take up your cross and follow me daily when we're looking at how do we pray in uncertain times i don't think we should be looking to somebody who prays when times get tough i think we should be looking at somebody who has a regular habit of prayer and in case you're wondering i'm not asking you to look at me in fact i hope you don't study my patterns because I struggle in this area. I'm looking for somebody as well that I can learn from that that prays without ceasing, that prays daily. That's why, for me, the boys went to Xavier College and and one of the things I love about the the Jesuit spirituality is that St. Ignatius said, pray as you go daily. Some of the other religious orders said pray seven times, but St. Ignatius set the bar even higher and said pray everywhere as you go. And I love that sense of spirituality. If we want to know how to pray in uncertain times, we have to pray daily. And I know that's hard. And I know that's not easy. And I know we don't feel like it. But I want us to think about the image of Daniel there. Daniel had developed a habit of going to his knees three times a day when things were going really well. Three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So he had done this regularly, day in, day out, so that the habit of prayer became so normal to him that when he was under threat of execution doing something that had become illegal in the place that he was living, he couldn't do anything but go to his knees and pray because it was such a daily habit. And, And I think we need to be reminded of that in these days, that we need to develop a daily habit of prayer. I don't know what that looks like for you and I don't really want to set a rule that might become legalistic for you. For some people, that's listening to the Bible in one year. For some people, they, they also love an app like Lexio 365 because it's got a, a daily thing that they can pray when they don't know what to pray and they listen to it. But for some people who are addicted to their phones, like doing the Bible in one year or the Lexio 365 is a disaster because it just puts you back on your phone. And maybe you just need to open up a journal and just start writing out your prayers. Whatever it is for you, I encourage you, develop a habit of prayer. Wouldn't it be wonderful, and I don't even know who this is, but wouldn't it be wonderful if the example that we're all following is is the, the, the model of a Christian who's constantly in prayer, seeking the presence of God and the will of God as they go about their day. Maybe that's an ideal that's too high. But let's let's put that as the ideal. We wouldn't seek advice from a gym instructor who was at the gym every six weeks. We would seek advice from somebody who's in the gym daily working on it. And I think we should encourage one another that following Jesus is a daily occurrence and we need a daily habit of prayer. So if you're going through a time that's uncertain, I encourage you, whether you feel like it or not, just get on your knees and pray. And and if you're blessed at the moment, if you're having the best time of your life, and I know that there's some people who are really in their sweet spot at the moment, then develop a daily habit of prayer so that when times become uncertain for you, you are able to be like Daniel where when it becomes illegal to pray, you just turn to the habit that you've developed. As Daniel is an example to us all, so Jesus is an example to us. On the night before he died, Jesus went to his knees and prayed in the uh, in the um, the Garden of Gethsemane, and that was able to sustain him through what he would take up on the cross. So again, if we don't feel like prayer, focus on Jesus. And. I don't know how we would run a 24-7 prayer thing and, and maybe we don't need to run a 24-7 prayer thing but if, if you're finding prayer difficult and challenging and and you just think maybe maybe just coming in here and and looking at the windows behind us would would help you in prayer you, you have my phone number just send me a text and i can open the door at any time and you can come I don't think we have to have a program called 24-7 Prayer in order for us to just make this place available whenever people need it. Maybe the days of opening the church for whenever someone wants to come is, is maybe, maybe we're not at that yet. But if you want to come in here and pray, then just send me a text and I can open the back door and let you in. I've, I've wrestled with this week there's been some real highs for me this week, and there's some, been some challenging times where I haven't known what to do. Maybe that's been like you this week. I hope this morning there's something that's been helpful for you. But as we go out into our week, that the, there's, there's some of the challenging times haven't been resolved. Ukraine hasn't been resolved. I don't know what the latest is on Israel this morning. and and some of our Aboriginal brothers and sisters in this country are are feeling devastated this morning. But in these uncertain times, we focus on the presence of God as we heard in Psalm 27. As we heard in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, we focus in on the will of God. As we learnt from Daniel, we come to prayer daily because that's our habit when we follow Jesus.